Welcome, everyone, uh, to Mosaic Christian Fellowship for our Sabbath worship together. If you're here for the first time, I'm Dave, one of the pastors here, and it's so great to see so many people back um, in service, uh, worshiping together as one body. There's nothing like it, and so welcome. It's been a while uh, since we've been in our Jeremiah series, but we are going to pick back up after a month hiatus to launch our community groups. If you're still not part of a community group, uh, join quickly. Uh, so I just want to invite you into that on our Church Center app. But today we're going to jump into Jeremiah again at chapter 18. And it's been a while, so let me give you a little bit of a reminder of where we've been in Jeremiah. Jeremiah has been called as a prophet to come and preach to God's people during a time of a lot of turmoil. They're about to face uh, similar things to what Ukraine has faced. Um, they're about to see a power from the Northeast come and to devastate them and all that they know because of their sin. And Jeremiah has been sent in this time to tell them about why this is happening and tell them about the spiritual aspects of what God is doing and that he is calling them to see what's happening in their hearts that's manifesting on their streets. And so Jeremiah has been called to go and preach to the people of God about their sin and call them to repent uh, from their waywardness so that they could see renewal um, in their midst. And um, today, he's going to continue that call um, in Jeremiah 18 as God calls him to a really unique uh, picture here in Jeremiah 18. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn to Jeremiah 18, and I'm just reading the first 10 verses of the chapter. <clears throat> the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then I heard the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I have intended to do to it. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, he gives us today in our passage a really unique picture of a potter and the clay, and we're just going to focus in on what this means. The picture of the potter and clay that he gives to Jeremiah has a lot to do with us. He's telling us that he is the potter and we're the clay. And he has two big messages that he wants to tell us through this picture that he's reforming our hearts and that he's redeeming our hearts. And so those are the two sides of the sermon that we're going to see. And if we're able to see this well, brothers and sisters, then we're going to see that he has this tremendous plan uh, for our lives and that nothing in our lives will be wasted and nothing in our lives will be wasted, even the parts that we're ashamed of. The first thing that we see is that he's reforming our hearts. In verse 4, we're going to come back to again and again and again. So please look at verse 4 with me. It says, the vessel he was making was spoiled in the potter's hand. And that's the title of today's sermon, spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to do. 
This is a message to Judah who has gone wayward. Judah was supposed to be the special people of God. The city of God was in Judah, Jerusalem. And they were supposed to be devoted to their God and a really special people, as we read in 1 Peter, a people for his own possession. But they had rejected God and they went to their own ways and they totally turned away from what God had intended for them as a people. Instead, they decided to live their own lives and pursue their own gods and there was a lot of rebellion um, in their midst. And this picture that he gives to them is an intimate picture here, but it says that Jeremiah is called down to the local potter's house, and when he gets there, he's supposed to look at this potter working his clay, and there's a message that God has for his people from that picture. And so Jeremiah goes down, and he looks at the potter in the potter's house working on the clay, and he notices something that's a little bit off. The thing that he notices is that the clay that he's working with is defective. The clay that he's working with is spoiled, he says. Now, there's a lot of ways that clay can spoil, but he doesn't really explain what's wrong with the clay, but he says that there's something wrong with the clay. It's defective, and it's something that he notices there, but the potter is able to rework it into something else. I think when you look at this picture, the first thing that you get a sense of is just how intimate God is in his involvement in our life. Think about the picture of a potter who has his fingers in the clay as the clay is spinning on the wheel. Think about the intimacy that is um, expressed in that. And what God is saying to us is that he is intimately involved in our lives a lot more than you would think. You know, sometimes uh, we pray before service. Well, we pray every week, but sometimes I'll say, you know, let's pray for the hearts of our people. But Because a lot of people, they come to church and the last person they expect to meet is God. They're wondering, I wonder if my friend is coming back to church after COVID. I wonder if I'm going to see this person. I wonder who's preaching today. But the last person that some of us expect to encounter is God. Because we think that he's far away. And we'll see the praise team and the pastors and the welcoming team. But no thought of whether we will actually encounter God in his house. And even during our week, we sometimes feel that he's so far away. God is saying, I'm not far away. Look at the picture I'm showing you today. My fingers are inside of the clay. And the picture is so intimate because a potter is able to feel the grooves of the clay. He's able to feel all of the imperfections and all of the bumps of the clay as the clay spins in his hands. And he says, behold, so are you in my hands. And that's the level of involvement that the Lord has in your life. The first thing that he wants to share with us with this picture is that when we have hard hearts, when we have sin and waywardness and we are unrepentant before God, He knows. He knows. He knows a lot more than you think. His hands are in you and He feels the grooves of your sinfulness in you. And He wants you to know that all the ways that you have been wayward, even in secret, He knows. My brothers and sisters, we need to understand that about God. He is the realest person in your life. That God is the realest person in your life who knows more about you than anyone else. You know, who's the most intimate person that you know? Is it your spouse or a best friend? You know, even that person gets somewhat of a filtered version of who you are. Not anyone on this earth. No one knows you as God knows you. 
You see, because the potter doesn't deal with days and yards. He deals with milliseconds and with millimeters. He's feeling every second what's going on in the clay. And he says, that's how intimately I know what's going on in your heart. And the first message that he has for us is actually a message of warning. He says, don't think that I don't know the sin that's inside of your life. The secret things that are going on inside of your heart. I know all these things because I am the potter into the clay. And brothers and sisters, we need to understand that we need to, to think about and take stock of how we are living our lives even in secret. There's nothing that he does not know. And he's calling us to take stock of the ways that we have been wayward. And if you think the Lord has been far, today he has a, a word of warning to you. I'm not far. And I'm responding to your hard heart. I'm responding to your sin with how I deal with you in your life. Think about how intimate this picture is. The potter has the clay in his hands and he's responding to the grooves in the clay. He's responding to every vibration and he's responding with his hands. And he's saying, that's how I'm responding to your sin. He says, if I had good planned for your life, but I feel the hardness of heart, the sinfulness of your life, the waywardness of the way that you're living, then I cannot give you the good things. And you are keeping good things from yourself. See, he says, if I had good things for you, I will relent in bringing you good things because of the hardness of heart. You see, he has to. It would be confusing for a teenage boy if he was living in deep rebellion and all of a sudden his father comes to him and he says, here are the keys to a brand new car. What is he saying to the son? He's saying that he approves of the way that he's living. You see, God's a faithful father. He knows how to treat us in our waywardness. And he's saying, I know everything that's going on. He's not like a father who's away on business all the time and he has to come home and ask his wife what's going on. And his wife says, do you know what your son's been up to? This is what's going on. And the father says, really? Oh my goodness. Do you see the picture? God says, I'm not like that. Nobody knows what's going on in your heart more than me. My hands are always in your heart. And if you have sinfulness and waywardness, brothers and sisters, in you today, he's calling you towards repentance. He says, turn from these things. And there is a, a strong word of warning for us in the way that we're living our lives. It's a strong word from Jeremiah. He knows what you are doing. And I want to bring that convicting message to us as well. My brothers who are married, do you think that you can mistreat your wife and God will do nothing. Do you think that you can neglect the godly leadership of your home and there's no consequence? The potter feels every vibration of your heart. My sisters, do you think you can disrespect your husband and cut him down in secret and there's no consequence? He knows every vibration of your heart. God is the realest person in our lives. And the first picture that he's giving to us is that he's calling us to turn away from these things because he will bring discipline. He has no problem doing that in your life. Whether it's just letting you go deeper into sin until you face your own consequences or responding to you starkly to get your attention 
He's not an absent father. He knows what's happening, and he's going to respond to your waywardness one way or another. He says, I'm a potter with my hands in your clay. Some of you actually know what that feels like already, but you don't know that it's the discipline of the father. Some of you have a guilty feeling in your gut a lot. And you have a shame that you live with a lot, and you just think that it's just this guilt that comes from yourself, but it's not from you. It's the Spirit speaking to you that this is not what you are meant for, that this is not who you are, that this is not how He wants you to live. And you live with this pang of guilt in your stomach, don't you? See, that's from the Lord. He's got His hands in you, and He wants to make you into the image of God. And so He won't give up on you, and He's bringing discipline as He sees fit. He says, I'm the potter. And you are spoiled clay. You're spoiled clay in the hands of a potter. He's calling us first and foremost, brothers and sisters, to repentance. Turn away from these things. And here's the good news of the gospel. That when we do turn from our ways, God feels that too. God feels our hearts turning from our sin and turning towards him. And the potter feels that turning. And here in our passage today, he says, if I feel you repenting, if I feel you turning towards me, I also have tremendous grace. And you have no idea what a potter can do with spoiled clay. Let's read verses 1 to 4 again. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making was of clay was spoiled. That's you. The clay was spoiled, but it's in the potter's hands. And so he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good for the potter to do. This is a really powerful message because there's two sides to this. If you're unrepentant and your heart is hard and you're bitter and arrogant and proud, the message that you are in the potter's hands, that's a fearsome message because you are completely at the mercy of a righteous God and you are rebellious, unwilling to repent. It's a scary message. On the other hand, if you want to come to him and you want to be changed and you want to come to him in confession, contrition, and forgiveness, then this is a, this is a message of grace, of hope. You are spoiled clay, but brothers and sisters, you are spoiled clay in the potter's hands. And that is a good, good place to be. You see, um, what this passage is telling us is that no matter how hopeless you may feel about who you are, where you've been, if you are spoiled clay in the potter's hands, then you should always have hope. Always have hope. Because a skillful potter knows what to do with spoiled clay. The good news is he doesn't see that the clay is spoiled and he throws it out. That's not what he does. He takes spoiled clay, but he's a skillful potter. It's spoiled clay, but it's in the hands of a gracious potter. And so no matter how you feel about your past or your, who you are, my brothers and sisters, you should never feel irredeemable because you are spoiled clay in the potter's hands. I don't know what your past is, but many of us do feel 
Like there's something about us and something about our past that God can't really work with, that we're unworkable. You know, there's parts of your history that you censor, don't you? When you tell your story, there's parts that you don't tell. There's parts that you keep for yourself because you're afraid of how people would respond. There are parts of your life that are complicated. Some of you say, I was married, but it's complicated. I do have a son, but it's complicated. Yes, I did have a business, but it's complicated. Do you know what the message of today's passage is? It's not complicated in the hands of the potter. It's not complicated for the skillful potter to rework your future. Your past is not your future. And today you should have tremendous hope in the face of today's passage. He says, nothing destroys like sin, but at the same time, no one rebuilds like me. So if you today feel shameful, if you feel like there's something that God cannot do with you, here today, that you are spoiled clay. But the important thing is you are spoiled clay in the potter's hands, and you can't imagine what he could do with you. Maybe nobody knew this better than the Apostle Paul, what it's like to be spoiled clay. Because if anybody seemed unworkable, it was Saul. If anybody seemed like God couldn't do something with him, it was Saul. If you asked a a Christian at the time, who is the greatest enemy of the gospel, the Apostle Paul would probably be number one on their list. Because not only was Saul a sinner, not only was he against Christians, but he worked at it. He tried hard to go after Christians. He had a zeal, he says, that was unmatched among Pharisees. In fact, he told the Pharisees that he wanted to go into the synagogues and go after Christians because he says, I know that they're hiding there. I know that there's Christians there. I will find them. I will pull them out. I will bring them to prison, and we will put some of them even to death. Let me go into the synagogues. And then he said he would go into the pagan gatherings. He said, I know that even in the pagan gatherings, Christians are hiding there. Let me go there and let's stamp them out. And I wonder if the Pharisees were like, Paul, don't you think you're overdoing it? (laughs) You know, like, just chill. Because, you know, there's not a lot of Christians. You know, it's not a lot of them. But, you know, Paul, he was so zealous to make sure that the message of Jesus was stamped out, that he even went to the Pharisees and he said, let me go to the ends of the earth. You guys are going after Christians here in Jerusalem, but it's not enough. Don't you know that Christians, they're running away to other countries, that they're running away to other cities? They're going to Syria, do you know? And they're hiding there. And do you know that the message of of Jesus Christ is actually going to other places? Give me permission to go to these places. I will go to the ends of the earth and I will find Christians and I will drag them back here for execution. So he got that permission. And he started to go um, on the road to Damascus to go and find these Christians who had run away. But it was on the road to Damascus that the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, came down and arrested him. The one who was arresting Christians was arrested by the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he had an encounter with the potter that would finally make him workable, shapeable. 
It's interesting, when Paul meets Jesus Christ, he says, Lord, who are you? Right? Lord, who are you? He found out that there was a master, someone sovereign, someone over him, someone who had uh, power over his life, and he says, Lord, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And from that moment on Damascus Road, the skillful potter takes spoiled clay like Paul, someone that you think would never have a future for God. And, but the skillful potter does not throw Paul away, but he starts to work him, rework him into the vessel that he would use for his own glory. And he knew exactly how to do it. He took the zeal that Paul had to go after Christians and he put the gospel in his heart so that when Paul came to know the peace and love of Jesus Christ, he said, let me go into the synagogues and tell them about Christ. We can't just tell them on the street. We have to go into the synagogues and we have to engage them and we have to tell them that there is truth in Jesus Christ. But he said, but that's not enough. We have to go into the pagan gatherings because there are those who are offering sacrifices and being led astray by these idols. Let's go into the pagan gatherings and tell them that Jesus is the only true way to God. And then he went to the apostles and he said, you know, there are people at the ends of the earth who don't know him. There are people who are far away who don't know him. I know that the Jews need the gospel here, but I know that there are Gentiles out there who have no idea that Jesus is merciful and real. Let me go to the ends of the earth with this gospel. Nothing was wasted. Nothing in your life will be wasted, brothers and sisters, because he is a skillful potter. The suffering that you faced, the heartbreak that you've had, the difficulties that you've faced, the skillful potter is able to rework those things for his glory. And that means that no matter how ashamed you are of your past, no matter how much you hide when you tell people about your story, you never have to worry that he cannot use you. Everyone in the hands of the potter should have hope. No matter how ashamed you are of your marriage. You know, who doesn't have things? Which married couple in here doesn't have things that they're a little bit ashamed of from their marriage. But nothing will be wasted. The skillful potter knows how to redeem. Who doesn't have things that they don't like to say about their past? Who doesn't have things that they don't want to share about their secret life? But my brothers and sisters, nothing will be wasted. The skillful potter knows how to take spoiled clay and make it into a vessel for his own use. And today's passage tells us that if you are someone who sits there and thinks about their past and is not sure what God is going to do with the things that you are ashamed of in your life, today the Lord is saying, you are spoiled clay, but you are spoiled clay in the hands of the potter. And so you do not need to worry. You can have immense hope because he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good for the potter to do. The prophet Joel stood before a people devastated in his time by locusts, because that locust, the swarm of locusts came as a result of God's judgment. 
He came to them and said, I feel your heart, and in your heart there is sin, and if you don't turn from your sin, I will have to discipline you. And he did. He brought locusts, swarms of them, to take away the harvest. And then when they're, sta- when they're sitting there, staring at the judgment of God, staring at the discipline of the Lord, feeling hopeless, like there's no future for them, this is what the Lord says to them through the prophet Joel in Joel 2.25. He says this, I will restore to you. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you, I will restore. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. He will not waste your past. Nothing will be wasted. And the Lord will rework the spoiled clay of your life into something that is for his service. And so today, I want to speak to those who don't think that the Lord can do something for you now because of something before. He's reworking you. And you are spoiled clay, but you're spoiled clay in the hands of the potter, brothers and sisters. Should you not have tremendous hope always in his plans for you? In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says, and he should know this if anybody should, the apostle Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to the potter, to the God of our Lord and not to us. My brothers and sisters, today, he's calling you to turn from your sin, but also he wants to give you tremendous hope if you feel like you have none. He is reworking you, and he is able to make you new. Um, I just want to close with one uh, application for us. It's a really powerful message from the Lord, but one thing you shouldn't miss. What you shouldn't miss from this passage is that the Lord is shaping you and reworking you for his service. Did you hear that? He's reworking you for his service, not your own. You know, in the West, sometimes we come to church asking God to shape us for our own purposes. As if God were here to serve us for your New Year's resolutions of 2022. As if God were here to serve you for your purposes. For your health, wealth, and prosperity. Don't forget, brothers and sisters, that he is shaping you for his purposes. You are being shaped and reworked to serve him. The potter does not make pottery that serves itself. He shapes clay to serve him. Who has forgotten that this year already? Who has forgotten that you are an instrument for his service? Has anyone forgotten that? He is not here to help you for you, but he is shaping you for his glory and his fame. Are you serving him with your life? Or are you trying to make him help you for you? Are you serving the Lord? Have you forgotten who you are? You are being shaped for him. How are you serving the Lord? Because you're an instrument for his purposes. Imagine a pot 
saying to the potter, can you make me differently because I want to be different for this purpose? And the potter says, what kind of pot would speak back to the potter like that? I'm shaping you for my good. And my brothers and sisters, the good news is that's the best place you can be. Your greatest fulfillment, your greatest joy, your greatest honor and glory is not in serving yourself. But he's shaping you to serve him and his purposes because he knows that for you, that's going to be your deepest joy and treasure. And so he says, I'm involved in your life. My hands are in you in a way that is more intimate than you can imagine. I know everything that is going on in your heart. Turn from your hard-heartedness because I will discipline you because I love you. I will make sure that you turn from your sin, but hear his merciful words and turn on your own. I feel every groove in your heart. And if you actually turn to him and repent, then he will remake you. He will remake you and he will give you a new future and he will make sure that you are used for his purposes and he will make sure that you are used for the greatest glory, honor, and joy you could experience um, because he is the potter. And I know you feel like spoiled clay, but you are spoiled clay in the potter's hands. That's good news for all of us. And so take hope in him, turn to him, and bring glory to him by serving him.